0: Welcome to the Freedom Found Podcast, the podcast for copywriters and marketers with unruly, against the grain life goals. I'm Crystal Church, copywriter and coach, and together we'll delve deep into everything it takes to grow a profitable, scalable, and fulfilling business from the ground up. Whether you're just starting out or about to hit your next big milestone, I'm bringing you the truth on both the trending and the timeless business growth strategies so you can live out a freedom first, impactful life. Welcome to our community. Despite what this industry might talk about a lot, the numbers shouldn't be your only or arguably primary marker of success because adding another zero behind your payouts might sound nice, but if you haven't intentionally designed both a business and a lifestyle that fulfills your soul, it isn't going to bring much meaning to you. In this episode, I sat down with friend Casey Studio client and ambitious introvert podcast host Emma Louise Parks to talk about success beyond numbers, building a life unique to what you want, and the beauty of creating multiple revenue streams and opening up more opportunities for service providers to grow. And I am so grateful that she invited me on her ambitious introvert podcast for this conversation. It's a good one. So let's dive in.
1: I'm so thrilled to be joined today by the lovely Crystal. I'm excited to bring another Behind the Business guest. So if you haven't heard any of these episodes, it's really about enabling you to take a sneak peek behind how other people are working, what is working for them, how people are doing business in their own way, what their version of success is, because it's so different to everyone. And just to really highlight that you know, like I always say, there's not one cookie cutter formula, there's not one way of doing it. And hopefully to be inspired about different ways, you can create a business that is bespoke to you and get that sneaky behind the scenes lens as well. Hello, thank thank you you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Please introduce yourself to my listeners and tell us a little bit about your business. Yes, I am Crystal Church. I am a copywriter and
0: consultant, and I run a boutique copywriting agency called the Casey Copy Studio. And we serve female-led businesses with high converting email sales page and website copy. And on the other side of the business, I have an education and a mentorship platform where I educate and coach
1: service providers in building and scaling online businesses themselves. Beautiful. So diverse streams of revenue, which is definitely something that I want to touch on because I think it's such an interesting business model you have. But first of all, where are you joining us from today? I am joining you from beautiful Mauritius, which is a tiny
0: island nation out off of the coast of Madagascar and sort of in between then the Maldives and the Indian Ocean. And Crystal is not just on holiday.
1: This is home.
0: (laughs) Yes, I should say that. We live here, which is pretty wild. Actually, this is month seven. So we've officially been in Mauritius for seven months and we moved, we left Singapore last year and just up and sold everything and came with like two suitcases each, myself and my partner and a
1: guitar and settled down. I love it. So let's give it a little bit of context. How did we get to Singapore in the first place? How did we get to own in the business and how did we end up in Mauritius? Yes. Okay. So I do have a bit of a winding
0: story. I feel similar to most, but for me, I actually in a past life was an elementary school teacher. And as soon as I graduated with my degree, well, at the time I graduated, it was 2012 and there were literally no teaching jobs in my state. I'm from Portland, Oregon. There were, there was nothing. So my options, I went to a job fair were either to go and work in a remote property out in Alaska that you had to literally snowmobile into <laughs> or to go and get a job at an international school in some country in the world. And that was incredibly appealing to me. I had only just started traveling a couple of years before that. And if you're a traveler, you can relate to the fact that as soon as you get bit by the travel bug, that is the only thing on your mind. And that's exactly what happened to me. So I essentially just started applying to jobs in countries I didn't even know where they were. And I'm pleased to say now my geographical knowledge of the world is much improved. But at the time, I took a job in Romania and literally had to look up where on the map that was before my interview. And I just went on a whim. And I thought this Looks interesting. This looks different. This looks exciting. I want to explore new cultures and do something that challenges me. And I really just started out my career knowing I did not want to look 30 years in the future and see me, you know, sitting in a classroom in Portland doing the same thing I did while I was student teaching in college, you know, and and just see my life laid out for me. And so I took that job and very quickly traveled around the world, spent seven, eight years going to different international schools. So it's quite a circuit and people typically in their international school teaching career will spend a couple of years at each location and then move on to the next. And it is quite actually a small bubble and you end up seeing people that you've, you know, met in different countries or know so-and-so. And at first I thought it was the dream. I was traveling to exotic places on the weekend. I was making a good salary for an educator, saving, living in a country with a lower cost of living, meeting like-minded people. There were a lot of pros, a lot. And on paper, like life looked really good. But every time holiday would end or the weekend would come to a close and I would go back to school, I felt like no matter which environment and school I was in, there was always some level of, negativity or politics or toxicity or just damn stress. Like just a lot of stress. And I started getting that itching, nagging feeling in the back of my mind again that I was looking 30 years into the future and seeing myself in a classroom. It didn't matter what country it was in. I was still sat in the same classroom with the same amount of stress on my shoulders, with the same level of unhappiness, wondering when my next holiday was. And that, it just it felt completely demotivating. Like I didn't even want to continue with this career because what was the point? You know, if you know anybody in the education sector, you know the amount of stress that's put on teachers. And even though the moments with your students are beautiful and wonderful, it is a fraction of what the job is. And it just took such a toll on my mental health. So we moved from Romania to Singapore, to Australia, to Myanmar, to Germany, to Singapore again. And in that job in Singapore, my last ever teaching job, I just one day said to Dale, we're actually on vacation in Bali. And I was in a new team environment. It was an incredibly sexist and like all male team. And I just said to Dale, I don't, I don't want to go back. Like I, there, I am not going back. And I got on Google and I was like, what jobs can I do online? Went down the rabbit hole. I found out copywriting was a thing. And I put my notice in a few months later and started my business. And the rest is kind of history.
1: I have seen so many copywriters with a teaching background, which obviously makes sense because you have to be articulate and you have to be able to write and have that kind of nuance of communication. But there are so many.
0: I agree. I don't know. It's something in the water because I swear half of my like minty clients are post like teachers as well. And it, it does allow you to bring a certain skill set. I think all of us, no matter what your previous job was, you know, you bring elements from your past career into your new one and copywriting
1: and teaching just seem to go hand in hand. So that was it. So then you're a copywriter. How how did you decide upon Mauritius? Obviously, you've got the travel bug. Yeah. Know, what was it about Mauritius in particular? Oh, you should see our
0: spreadsheet trying to decide which country to move to. So, like
1: it was ridiculous <laughs> this, people might think that people should go places on on a whim or have this oh my like, god this become so calculated <laughs> you're like i have a spreadsheet I a spreadsheet
0: okay but let me just say it was a little bit on a whim I seem to have a habit with looking up things online or seeing a blog the copywriting job venture i've read that on a blog in Bali and then uh, you know for some context it was during uh COVID in Singapore, things were incredibly locked down and it worked really well for us for the first year. We felt really like safe in our little bubble. And then as the world started opening up and Singapore didn't, and as my business was growing because of the legalities of actually running a business there with employment visas, et cetera, is quite complicated. So I kind of knew uh, from a legal standpoint, we should leave. And I was also getting really Really itchy feet. Like, I can't sit in one place for too long. So, I was advertised on Facebook a blog, and it was like 20 something new countries that are offering long term digital nomad visas post pandemic to make up for the loss of revenue from tourism dropping during that time. And of course, I binged this and I took Dale out to lunch. I remember I sat him down and I was like, okay, so I've got another crazy idea the last time I said that I quit my job <laughs> and he was like oh here we go and I just told him I said there's a bunch of places that are offering long-term stays in beautiful locations that we could just just pick up and go to at any point point." and here are my top five what do you think and Mauritius was one of them it because of its location maybe from like you and I Emma Louise we're not too far away because you're in Europe but From my home, like west coast of the U.S., this is, like, I have looked at the map. This is one of the literally furthest away destinations that I could have chosen. (laughs) Literally right on the other side of the world. It is, I guess. So that was a huge negative for Mauritius, but we made a spreadsheet. We had lots of let's say, categories such as physical activities that were available to us, outdoor activities. We really liked to go rock climbing, hiking, scuba diving. We wanted there to be a diverse range of things that we could do, especially after COVID, to get out of the house. We looked at cost of living. We looked at distance back home. That was the biggest downfall here. And then we looked at crime, safety rates, uh, COVID safety, all sorts of things. And Mauritius and Barbados kept coming out like, top of the list and you could just have a much better quality of life for much less money here in Mauritius. And it was somewhere that it was like, it's been high on our list to come and explore Africa a lot more and to go over to mainland and go to South Africa and Rwanda and do all sorts of outdoor activities on that continent that... We loved the proximity there, even though it was far. And we just took a leap and decided, let's spend a year. And if we don't like it, we'll leave in a year. And if we do like it, then we can stay and, you know, be here as long as we like. So currently we're in love and are planning our first safari to celebrate our 10-year anniversary in a few months. So I will report back
1: amazing and because this is not a video podcast none of you listening know that my cat's just jumped on and he's just so cute very very pleasantly showing crystal her butt (laughs) on the video and and shouting so thanks mimi for that (laughs) i it's so it's so true because when i first came online in like late 2018 early 2019 i remember i worked with a coach and she had me do a swot analysis and one of the things that came up for competitors, every coach that I looked at seemed to live in Bali. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Why does everyone live in Bali? Everyone's in Bali and they're all part of these big mastermind. Like this was like a whole new thing to me. And I was like, I don't want to live in Bali. And it was, and she was like, oh no, they're, they're lifestyle coaches. <laughs> yes, oh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, which which I get, and I've got nothing against Barney, and and that's great if, if people are there, but it does have a certain vibe, I think, now yeah. and a reputation of, you know, people living there, and it's kind of the scene and the place to be, but what I love about yours is it's like, oh, but I get to go, like, stand-up paddle boarding here, and, you know, we get to go out to the mountains, and I know very similar to me, you are someone that switches off a lot at the weekends, yeah. and love to have kind of, like, tech-free time and, and time in nature, so... I love that you found somewhere that really affords you that and to be able to kind of do everything that you want to do.
0: Yeah, you know, I feel so lucky that we did find it. It was it was again another country I had literally never heard of. It sounds like I don't know a lot of countries, I promise. I just don't know if (laughs) you have select ones. But you know, actually Bali was one of the countries or Indonesia was one of the countries on our list. It's Bali as a destination. And while there are a lot of pros to it and you know, not not dissing on Bali, I just feel like there is a certain vibe and at this stage in like both my life and career, I just didn't really feel like I needed to like go and hang out with the crowd and like, you know, try to hang out with the cool kids. Not that that's what you're doing if we go to Bali, but it just felt like I guess what I'm trying to say is it felt like a bit of an energy drain just for where I was and what I'd heard of people, you know, going there and it's just being a lot of activities and a lot of social things and I wanted to really just step out of Singapore, head down during the week, like, you know, continue to help grow the business on the weekends, like, work hard, play hard without the pressure of wanting to, let's say, go out and spend the whole day, like, at the beach on, you know, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, because there's a big party going on. And from the friends I've had that have lived there, they've said that there's been that sort of pressure of like, oh, I don't want to miss out on this, but I also want to grow my business. And for me, I was just like, I'm not even interested in, in that sort of duality right now. So to each their own if you are. And I'm sure at some point, Dale and I will end up in Bali for a period of time at least, but probably not for too long. It's more like a fun stopover for me, I think.
1: You know, I've never asked you this in all the time that we've, we've been connected, but do you identify as an introvert? Would you consider yourself introverted? Oh, that is an interesting
0: question. I don't even know if I've asked myself this before. I think I definitely have introvert-related qualities. I feel like I'm quite an extroverted person, but I still need like days to recoup. So in the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of social engagements with our friends, so many things are going on, a party for a birthday, housewarming, like all the things. And most of the time, I'm the first to be like, yes, let's do something with people. I want to go out. I want to be social. Get me out of the box. I'm in all day, right? Because when you work from home, like it's like so important, at least for my mental health, I like need to leave. And then after I did all this stuff, I was like, okay, I need two weeks. Just don't, I don't want to see anybody. Just shut, shut the doors,
1: close the curtains and I need to recharge. <laughs> I think that will resonate with a lot of my listeners. And look, I always say the same because people are like, oh, but you're not shy or, mm-hmm. you know, you're happy to a and all of this. I'm like, yeah, and, and I love people and I love to spend time with people. But, oh, I need to spend time on my own after I've spent yes. time with those people just to grab the energy back. And I think that the switching off at of the weekend, which you know, I go on about all the time and really recommend to my clients, the fact that you do that, I think naturally we know we almost need that disconnect. Like I need to be in real life now and I need to, you know, focus on these deeper relationships and be grounded in, in what's going on. And so that you can come back to work as kind of your best self. That's so true. That's the best advice. I
0: think that there's way too much like work on the weekend and even, even like scroll Instagram on the
1: weekend. It's like, we're not working guys, get off Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) so what i do want to touch on i'm really excited to talk about this because a lot of service providers in my audience see that the only way that they can scale is by becoming a coach or mentoring people and you know a lot of them don't want to do that that's just not an avenue that they want to pursue but something that you've done really beautifully in your business is add multiple revenue streams in a way that have complemented each other and not overwhelmed because I've seen so many businesses that add things on and it's just like a bit of a hot mess and you really know what they do. But yours, you've got like a lovely ecosystem of things that, that works so well. Could you talk us a little bit through how it evolved from, you know, Crystal, the solo copywriter to everything that you have now? Absolutely. I think that
0: you've already touched on a really key Point of this journey, which has been like a step by step evolution. It's not like you have to. So, just I'll give a, a disclaimer before I say anything. Even as I say, I have A, B, and C, and D, and E set up now in the business. Like I, I started with one thing and then I added the next and then I added the next. So, You don't need to have everything. And even now in my mind, we're already planning the five more things we're doing next year, right? But that's like so much further down the line than where we are at the moment. So for me, I started out and I was mainly offering day rates and focusing on email and sales page copy. And I was loving it, but quickly realized that it was feeling much the same as my old teaching job where I was just like, okay, sit down, do the work uh, walk away at the end of the day and sort of dust off your hands and that's it. And for me, if you can't tell from my lifestyle, like I get bored really easily. I like to have a little bit of adventure and variety in my day to day. And so I was looking ahead being like, oh, is this going to be the same thing I felt teaching? Am I going to look ahead at 30 years and be like, oh, there I am just sitting down writing more copy. Not that I don't love doing that as well, but because, It's just the same meal, right? Like eating the same meal for lunch every day. So I was like, what else would I enjoy doing? And I started getting a lot of questions from my clients, copywriting clients and or audience members and my email list, which I grew a a tight-knit community there for help in setting up their email sequences. So welcome sequences and evergreen sales sequences for their essentially brand authority and community growth. And I realized that there was an avenue for me to really support people in a one-to-many capacity and kind of download everything that I'd been doing with clients in a one-to-one day rate. Most of my day rates were on email sequences. So I realized that there were a lot of strategies that I could take and share that knowledge with people in a course format and let them go and adapt and personalize depending on what their unique situation was. So that was the first thing that I really branched into aside from one-to-one work is I created my signature copywriting course called Ignite Your Inbox. This is a nurture welcome sequence course to do what I just mentioned previously. And That was really in the first six, seven months of my business. I just got an idea. I blocked off time on the calendar. It's like, I'm going to make this course. And basically what I did is I blocked off client time. And I said, I'm going to be my own client. I held myself accountable because if I do not have a deadline, I will not do it. I am (laughs) such a procrastinator. (laughs) Yeah. So then I launched that course. And soon afterward, I was getting some just DMs from copywriters I'd made friends with really on Instagram that had seen me grow a successful day rate model. And they seemed quite interested in it and were asking advice on setting it up. And so I did some like one-on-one intensive sessions teaching them and helping to really craft a day rate that worked for their style of like creativity and time frames, et cetera. And I kept getting more and more questions, and I realized I could package this up as well. So the second thing I did was I did a live masterclass, and then I sold that. It's called Day Rate Genius Masterclass, helping service providers structure day rates for their business. And I did that at the end of 2020. And I actually just relaunched that and we did a complete overhaul of the curriculum and the resources and everything this year. But between when it first launched and now, and of course now going forward, it sells evergreen as does Ignite Your Inbox. So that was really the, really, I would say the ignition
1: for the first additional revenue stream in the business. And it's... That's the whole point, right? Like you have this expertise and not everyone is gonna be able to hire you for a mm-hmm. day rate. Right? Not not everyone is gonna be in a position where they can outsource to a copywriter and that's fine, but you were able to download that and then go to people, they go. Like this exactly. is that kind of process is where I can go through and make it more accessible. It I that's something that I find so interesting with digital products for the longest time you talk about passive income and i'm doing air quotes there because Mm -hmm. of course not really involved in creating marketing and hosting it but this feeling of you know sometimes i have felt in my business like is it a cop-out it's just an excuse to sell something but then also i'm like no it makes information yes accessible to people that can it 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 truly does does yeah, it really does.
0: Yeah. And, and it's also just a great tool for you so that when, let's say somebody inquires with me and they can't quite afford our done for you services at the agency, but it's covered in IYI, well, I can just let them know if you're interested, there's this avenue and it's such an easy downsell to still be able to support somebody and then also allow them to continue to get to know your brand right and so then as they continue to grow their business they'll come back later because they've built this trust in you and you're really the authority in their mind so uh this is sort of a benefit on both sides and what was the next rung on the ladder what came oh, next so quickly i was just like man i was in a groove at this time okay so around the same time that i was working on day Rape genius i was getting questions about mentorship and coaching and I have to be honest with you, and no shade to coaches here, as I say, and as I am one, I had a huge problem with the idea of being a coach. <laughs> I had like major issues with the, the terminology and just things that I had heard about the the coaching space without me really being in it before. And it was only through having some really solid, I would say even more than solid, some amazing coaching experiences with my coach then over a period of time that made me realize, oh, wait a second, there's a lot more to this than maybe some of the negative things that I had been carrying around with me. So I toyed around with that idea for a while. And as I got more interest from people, I realized, you know what, I can do the same exact thing that I did with IYI and with DRG. I can package up what really helped me go from, you know, $0 in month one to, you know, six figures, 14 months later, and just give my very simplified plan because I didn't do a lot. And even those launches didn't bring in a lot of revenue. That was more future-focused. So that's what I did and implemented really the the foundations of doing my very first launch for what is now my flagship program, Elevated Brand Accelerator. And this is a 12-week program for service providers to set up three foundation areas in their business, their client experience, building their brand authority, and of course, email marketing. So I just stuck to what I knew. I wasn't trying to branch out. I was like really sticking to the three things that people told me were what they were coming to me for, what they knew my brand for. And I created both curriculum for it and then ran the program live. And that was like... I felt like I was diving into the deep end there. You know, it's one thing to like do your one-to-one client work. It's a whole nother thing to say, okay, I am going to branch out into something completely new and different. But I tell you what, I felt so alive again. I felt so passionate And I felt like, okay, this is the business I can see myself waking up to in 30 years where I've got these different pieces that give me the variety, the spice of life that I like and allow me to support people in different ways and make impacts in different ways. It felt like, to be honest, a bit of the teacher was
1: marrying the copywriter and I got to bring my worlds together. And I love that you touched on being able to support people in different ways because your business has enabled you to support Dale. It has, yes. And not only support Dale, but to employ
0: Dale. Oh, that, that is so true. And this has been such a journey as well. When I first told Dale about my idea to quit teaching, it, we, had, we sat down and we had a business plan. And the plan was within a year, I wanted to be able to have Dale put his notice in a teaching as well because he didn't want to stay there long-term. And that's what happened. He put his notice in less than a year later, and then quit shortly after that. And that prompted our move here to Mauritius. But now he's in the business helping out with other pieces, but he's not actually going to be most likely a permanent employee. We're kind of toying around with this idea. We had him come into the business to help with some strategic pieces that I didn't have the brain space to do, and he's really great at, and it was going to be temporary and it still most likely will be, but lately we've just been saying, mm, I could see how this could be really beneficial to have you in the business forever so TBD on the trajectory of that, but it really has evolved in so many different ways and allowed me to grow not only it's not only about me anymore right like it's it's about the Team members that I am helping, the clients that we're helping, supporting Dale. Like there, there are lots of lives now involved in the KC brand, and that's pretty crazy to think about. Just this, this evolution that's taken
1: place. I saw someone on TikTok the other day. Yes, I look at TikTok occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm kind of intrigued by it because my friend Hillary is like blowing up on there, and I thought I'm just going to have a look. And I had a client that does all of her marketing on there, so. I had a look and there was this girl and she said like oh the most miserable I've ever been in my business was when I made my first 100k month and she's like I thought that was the idea of success and actually I was burnt out I was eating crap food I was laying on the sofa I was exhausted and you know, all of this stuff and then mm-hmm. she, she flipped her business around and you know now she's very happy and successful apparently but my point with that is that we can look at something like six figures as success or we can look at something like a sold-out launch as success but what strikes me is you had an idea of what success looked like and it was about where do I live and what's my lifestyle like and what am I able to you know do for my loved ones and all of that and it seems like you're on the right track and you're hitting all of those on the head
0: oh that's so beautiful thank you for for picking up on that because I think that it's one of the things I haven't actually talked about a ton in my business journey but I was pretty miserable in Singapore not, I love Singapore, not because of that, but it was a, a combination of many things and being locked down and during COVID and just knuckle down starting a business that first year is hard and coming here, I have not felt more like myself in I don't know how long and it, re- it really is, that's the best thing and I, I we were saying before we even started recording, like, you know these measurements of success so often people talk about the revenue numbers and it's like i don't really give a, a shit sorry i don't know if i can swear on here yeah, i don't, I don't really give okay. a shit and we put an a on the episode <laughs> about you know about how much money i'm making as long as i've got my my baseline covered of course but like as long as i have my well-being as long as i have my health as long as i have my happiness and there were a lot of things that i Had to sacrifice when I was teaching, you know, that I had a lot of health problems. I had chronic migraines. I have a chronic illness already. So all of it sort of compounded. And that was one of the things I was like, I just can't compromise. Like if I'm going to do my own business, I know it's going to be hard and I know it's going to be a lot of work, but I'm, I'm also only going to do it if I get to a point where I can be. Day to day experiencing joy, you know, not every minute of every day, but every day experiencing joy and just being able to actually live a bit of the short life that we have here on earth.
1: I think we kind of have it wrong sometimes because when we talk in the coaching space about tangible results and non tangible results, we think tangible results as being like monetary results Mm -hmm. or how many clients have you signed or all of that kind of thing. And I did some market research and most people that responded wanted to know my and my clients non-tangible results oh interesting yeah that I really leaned into like how do they feel and I always ask that in testimonials like how did it feel to have me as your coach because it's not just like what did you hit or what did you earn or how many clients did you get? But if you've been in a container where you felt supported or you felt invigorated or whatever the thing is, and other people can see that that's possible for them, I think that's just as powerful, if not more.
0: That's so true. And, and it's so interesting you did market research on that. It's great for your copy.
1: <laughs> I'm just using my
0: copywriter. <laughs> right
1: yeah, no, I, I asked, you know, what people wanted to see. And ultimately, a lot of people want to see more behind the scenes of my business yes. and how I run and what kind of systems they use and what the structure looks like and what I do day to day and all of that stuff that I think is really boring and no one would be interested in. People are like, yeah, I want to, I want to know. It's always how it is,
0: right? We always think like, oh, it's not interesting to anybody, but in fact, that's what they want.
1: (laughs) In fact, people think it's fascinating. So, so Crystal, thank you for coming and sharing behind your business and just being so open and genuine with everything. But course, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you for a book recommendation that you think would serve my introverted sensitive audience who are growing and scaling their business.
0: Absolutely. And I am so excited to tell you about this book. Hopefully somebody else hasn't yet, but I am a big Audible lover myself. So I am always ready for a good audiobook and take it on a walk with me and just really absorb it. And a book that has touched me so deeply lately that I told Dale I'm going to listen to it at least twice a year is Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And it has just been such a perspective shifting read for me. And I think that it can bring so much into just you as a human being and then you as a business owner. So if you haven't heard that recommendation yet, or even if you have better yet, if you have definitely go out and
1: listen to it or read it today. And Jay Shetty, also a huge introvert. Yes. Talks very openly about being a proud introvert. Well, Absolutely.
0: From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being a part of this growing community. If you enjoyed listening to this free episode, the most impactful thing you can help us do is head over to leave a review or forward this episode to a copywriter or entrepreneur friend who you know would head not along to today's conversation and use the key takeaways to create more growth in their own business. Thank you for your support and catch you next time.